Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're in Peterborough, Ontario, talking to Kurt Hartshorn about what God is up to in Canada. We've been doing kind of uh, like CPM stuff for a while. So we started in a city called Whitby and we were just making disciples in this high rise apartment building and beyond that. And uh, we felt like it was time for us to move. And uh, we felt the Holy Spirit like spoke to our team there and they sent us out and we just felt like it was time for us to go to somewhere else. So we didn't move very far away. We just moved about 40 minutes north uh, to a city called Peterborough in, uh, in Ontario and uh, basically, like, we we felt for a while, like, I had a really good friend there, Adam Shevsky. And uh, me and Adam just, like, I mean, really kindred spirits. We were really good buddies. And uh, he just had a lot of the similar kind of DNA and, like, just passion that I had. Like, he, I mean, he was just so driven to see, like, he's like, I just want to equip every church, like, see every disciple in, in Canada just, like, equipped to share the gospel passion to see just like Canadians living on mission and um, also just like passion to see just like the miraculous and like God reach people in miraculous ways and stuff. And so we just kind of, we really jived on that stuff. Um, But so I'd been doing some outreach stuff with him and their crew in Peterborough for a while and just like taking believers out in the streets and training them simple evangelism tools and then take doing some trainings like four fields uh, stuff. Um. But then, yeah, we felt that the Lord called us and said, like, I want you to go and move up with Adam uh, and help uh, help him out with Disciple City, which is the ministry that or it's the brand that we're kind of we're rolling with. And uh, and so, like, yeah, and we we went up there. It's just been amazing. So we've been here for. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's I guess it's been about a year and a half now. Um, and we basically started we had a lot of people coming up for outreach nights and. Um, and we're seeing some really amazing things, seeing people come to Jesus. But a lot of the leaders that were start to, starting to come up through these outreach nights were like just hungry for discipleship. Like they were like, you know, we want to do the full Great Commission. We want to go and make disciples and we want to start forming like new communities. And this, of course, is all around the time of COVID, too. So there's this feeling. I feel like a lot more people were starting to wake up to like, well, we can't just press the pause button on church. Like we got to we got to really disciple people and get in community somehow. And so I think there's just this hunger that was just there. And so we, we had this night um, last year in January where we just, we just sat a bunch of the leaders down who'd been coming out for uh, outreach nights for years, which was quite a good group of people. Like it it might've been about 40 to 60 people who were coming out to these outreach things. And we just said, Hey, like we mapped out a few of the tools. Like, I think we gave them like the four fields. And then we just kind of spoke from our hearts a bit. And we're just like, Hey guys, like we just believe that God like wants to start a movement in the city and that, you know, starting and just like that he wants to use you guys. Like what if he used you guys to start like a church planting disciple making movement in the city? And what if we could like, what if we could like, you know, you guys could pioneer your own outreaches and stuff. And we don't just, you know, we start to actually move into multiplication. So we just cast a vision for this and just started sharing a bit of our hearts. And then we just like open up room to the Holy spirit, just go Holy spirit. Like, would you just hand pluck some people tonight and just tell them 
like if you want them to step into this next thing and, and start to maybe plant a house church or something like that. So we did that. And these two guys came forward and we're like, yeah, we really want to, there was a few other people who came forward too, but there's these two guys in particular who came forward and they were like, yeah, we really have felt called. I think they read Francis Chan's book, um, letters to the church and they'd been tracking with him and they were like, yeah, we, we just really feel called to do house church and just make disciples and, and start going after this thing. And, um, so I just basically committed to them. I was like, Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll roll with you guys for half a year or however long it takes. I didn't really put a clear deadline on it, but I said, I'll train you everything I know. And, uh, I'll walk with you guys and I'll help you start up this house church. And, uh, and then when you're kind of ready to be launched out in your own, uh, we'll just launch you out. And, and so I kind of did, I didn't take on, it was nice for me, actually. I wasn't taking on the role as like the pastor. I was kind of like facilitating them, coaching them behind the scenes and I was still attending church and all that, but they were really kind of like leading it, which was fun for me. Cause I, I find like I've often got stuck in the role of pastor real quick. And then I'm like, Oh no, I got to get out of here. <laughs> so, uh, but I started like, um, just coaching these guys and, and, uh, started slow. It was just the three of us. And we met and we started like praying and just like doing outreach. And we would go and we'd hit the streets and start talking to people about Jesus. And a couple other uh, believers came and joined in with us too, which was awesome. Um, but then like in the summer, we decided like, let's just do this discipleship school. Cause we had, a, I had led a few people to Christ earlier this year. And I was thinking, what if we do like an immersive thing where we just invest like every day into, uh, into these new disciples that we've got. So at that point we'd baptized a few people early, earlier that year, a couple more people started coming to the church. We had like this small group of people. Uh, maybe, I think there was maybe about like eight people or so, like maybe 10, I don't, I can't remember the exact number, but we did this discipleship school. And so basically in August for every day for like a month, we were just like pouring in teaching and training and also taking people out in the streets and handholding and like modeling stuff to them. And it was just like a full on, we had like three people living in our house with us, me and Sylvia. And then we have like a super tidy house. It was it was quite the experience, but uh, it was just and, amazing. And, um, Curtis, like, were they uh, students or young adults? Um, not everybody can take yeah. a month for discipleship. Right. So tell me about it. So some of the people coming to the school, um, like most of them were young adults. Some of them were like in their 30s or something like that. And and we just invited people. We said, hey, like come to whatever you can. So there was a, a kind of a group of people, maybe five people who were like, they were there every day and they like took time off work, young people, like uh, young twenties. And they like took time off work and just devoted the whole month of August just to, to the school. And so, uh, and it was, it was just like an amazing, yeah. So young people in the school mainly, um, but it was this amazing experience. And like, and like, we could talk more about the content of it, but like, for me, it's like, I, uh, I feel like there's like kind of three things that I just like to teach. And they're just like three main, I, I feel like they're three kind of lanes of like or ingredients maybe to mobilization, but it's like identity, power, mission. Um, and it's like, so identity is like knowing who you are and like knowing how, like being secure in the father's love and really understanding like freedom in Christ and things like that. Um, and then power is just like, the belief that like God actually wants to use you in miraculous ways to reach the lost and change this world. Like 
um, that he's actually given the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. And you can access that. And so training people in that and then mission, and that's just like clear path, like giving people a clear path for mission, like, which is, would be the four fields and like training people for all of those, uh, those activities in the four fields. So, and so we're training, training them, were you taking them out into communities and, yep. and training them on the job? Totally. So we would do like a bit of teaching. So like Monday, Tuesdays, we'd unpack stuff for like hours and teach into identity, do like some prayer, like encounter times where they're hearing God's voice and learning how to do that in a safe environment kind of thing. And then we're taking them out in the streets um, most days and like just, or even if we're just like out and about or whatever, just doing lifestyle stuff and just showing them like, Hey, you can share the gospel everywhere. Like at a gas station, at like wherever you go, if we're getting some food, we're sharing the gospel with everyone in the restaurant. Like, and we're just kind of doing that. And they were just living and like getting steeped in this kind of uh, environment for like a full month. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fruit from it was honestly, it was nothing like it was nothing I've ever seen like in my entire life. But um, we saw like in that month, I think we saw like through these students, I think it was about like 36 people give their life to Christ and get baptized. And we had to multiply our church three times in a matter of two months. And so it, it like, it exploded. And for the remaining months after the school, it just kept going. It ended up being 56 baptisms in like two months. It was like, it was ridiculous. And so it and, just, and 56 added to some sort of discipleship. Yeah. So, I mean, and most of them, I mean, we, it kind of got to this point and obviously like everything we do is in partnership. So while this is all going on, we're partnered with a drop-in center in town that's doing a, like a youth drop-in center. We're partnered with a couple local churches who are just like, there's just some healthy relationships in this city where it's like, Hey, are you do, doing something? Okay. I'll show up for that. Are you doing something? And so there's a lot of like crossover in our outreach times. There's people from other churches and all that. So a lot of the baptisms we saw, like most of them ended up in our house churches getting discipled Mm -hmm. and are still, and are still walking with the Lord today. There was obviously like in any case, there's some small fall away and some of those people dropped out for a bit. Now they're coming back, which is really awesome. Other people did end up going to some local churches and stuff like that and getting plugged in there. But, um, but yeah, in any case, it was just like a total win for, the kingdom in this area. Like, I mean, it was just mind blowing. So many pastors and stuff were coming out in the area. And it was was just, it was, there was a a period there, I think in August where every single day we saw someone give their life to Christ and get baptized. And we barely, I, we would go to do plan to go do these outreach nights and we're planning, Oh, let's go share the gospel with everyone in our city. And you'd talk to one person and immediately something would happen. They get healed They'd surrender their life to Christ, get baptized. And that was the rest of your night was just discipling this new person and hanging out with them. But that was like how it went for like a month. (laughs) Give us an example. Tell us a story. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. We could probably share like, I mean, 56 stories here. But um, there's this guy, Jake, and I posted it. I filmed a bit of his testimony earlier this year and posted it. But he was one of the guys who had originally got gave his life to Christ this year earlier, or sorry, this past year, gave his life to Christ, was part of this discipleship school and was just on fire. But um, the story with him, it was, it was definitely more of like a long time, uh, like a long story, but 
he, I had met with him about a year prior and uh, was talking to him because he was into some drug stuff and had really messed himself up with drugs. And his mom wanted me to meet with him and talk and share my story because that's a bit of my story too. And uh, so I went and I met with him and I shared the gospel with him. I shared my testimony and he didn't really want to do anything about it. Like he was kind of like, okay, well, that's, that's nice, bro. Thanks for that. And that was kind of the end of it. And then fast forward to earlier um, last year, I think it was in March, uh, he calls me up one day and he's like, man, my life is ruined. And uh, my, one of his friends just died of a fentanyl overdose. And uh, he's just like, he, he just reality just kind of came crashing down. He's like, I've messed up my life. I don't know what to do. And I want to meet up. And so I met up with him and um, basically just uh, like, and I had some discernment, like the Lord showed me that there was some demonic stuff going on in his life too. And so I just told him that I was like, Hey man, like, you know, the drugs and I forget how I said it, obviously, but the, the drugs and all that stuff like that's, that's bad, you know, like, but you, you got to uh, really at the heart of this, you got to surrender your life back to God. And I told him James four, seven, I said, submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And I said, you know, you've opened doors in your life through all this behavior. And I, but I really believe God wants to heal you and you deliver you today. But, but you ultimately, it's like, you have to make a decision. Are you going to submit your life to God? Are you going to then repent of your sins and stuff? And so I lead him through this repentance and, but he basically just starts crying out to the Lord and he's just so broken. He's just, I don't like, he's just confessing sin after sin after sin. Anyways, I go, I, when he's done confessing sin, I go and I put my hand on him and, uh, I mean, just the way it happened, but I just put my hand on him and then the Holy Spirit came on him and he got delivered from a demon, but he basically shrieked out and as, and he did this violent thing anyways, and demons came out of him. And then he was just like, I'm healed. Like my mind is just clear. And I, it's like all this stuff from the drugs and everything. It was different. He just, he gave his life to Christ, baptized him that night in uh, in a hot tub. And, uh, and he was just like sold out for Jesus ever since. So fast forward and uh, a couple months later, like he's just, I train him how to share the gospel with, with people or, uh, and he's just sharing with everybody. And uh, so he goes and shares with his friend, Ethan, who had some Christian background and stuff, but had never really, I guess, surrendered his life to Christ. And like a couple months later, he ends up baptizing his friend, Ethan and leading his friend, Ethan through deliverance. Um, and which of course, then Ethan starts hanging out with us and we start training Ethan. Um, and then Ethan and him start, you know, going and there's sharing the gospel with everybody. And, uh, I forget, honestly, at this point, I kind of get lost because like once fast forward to the summer in August and, and Jake's in the school, I think he might've led like baptized 10 people that month. And, uh, like, and he, and it just has like been a constant ripple effect. Like, so they led a few of their friends to Christ. These girls came to Christ, gave, they repented, got baptized. And then these girls ended up leading like three of their friends to Christ. Um, and yeah, anyway, but Jake, like a, another example of him was he's just been learning this stuff, identity, hearing God's voice, getting trained in these tools. And we were out on this trip where we went out to Perry Sound and we started walking around and sharing the gospel with people. And he heard to go in a store and buy a flower for a lady or something. And so he goes, well, I assume he thought it was a lady, but he goes and he buys a flower. And then uh, he's walking around the street and he just sees this woman crying and he goes, Hey, I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me to go buy a flower. Do you want this flower? And he hands it to her. Wow. And then uh, the lady just is 
breaks down and, and then she, he just starts telling her, you know, and he, I, I, I had to forget what he says. He'd tell the story way better, but he starts sharing with this lady, like, Hey, like, I, I just feel like you've been through something, whatever, obviously, but uh, the Lord sees you. And do you have pain in your back and your ankle? And, and then she's like, yeah, I do. How do you know that as well? And then it's like, well, Holy spirit showed me that too. And so she's holding this flower and then he goes and he prays for that, for this lady and she gets completely healed in the moment. And then she ends up making a decision to surrender her life to Christ in that moment. And we baptized her and then her friend in the lake uh, that later that day, uh, just like moments after. So, so that was, that's kind of been the theme of the stories from this year, but like that kind of same story we've seen happen like dozens and dozens of times, like throughout the summer. So looking back over this last year and a half and now the breakthroughs um, in the summer, what's the Lord teaching you? I mean, so much on so many levels. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I was talking and one of the lessons will come out, but I think I've just been, I felt like this summer for me was just like my faith just got really turned up and like my expectancy for what God could do. Like, and I've, I've always, I've thought that maybe I had a high faith or a high expectation. And I, I felt, I felt like there was this, I guess a few weeks into it in August, it was, it was really funny because there was almost a, like not a day that went by where we didn't see someone come to Jesus. And mm. I started to go, surely this is going to end, mm. you know, like surely this is going to, this stream is going to dry up and it like, whatever this is, is going to stop. And I just felt like the Lord was really challenging me this year. Like, you know, Kurt, you just haven't even seen nothing yet. And, um, and, and just to like, keep that faith of like that every time I walk outside, and every time I leave my house, like something could happen and like somebody's life could be changed. Someone could get free. Someone could repent and come to Jesus. Like, and uh, I just, yeah, I think if this year really challenged my faith and I think like going into this coming year, I've just felt like my expectation has just grown and um, just to, yeah, just to see more of the kingdom advancing than ever before. And I don't exactly know what that looks like too. I, I think part of it too, is I, I think I just became more flexible in a lot of ways, like with just what the Lord would do in a given day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I mean, it's good to have like a plan and like we have a clear path and a strategy, but I, I did feel like this summer, I, I had a few moments with the Lord where like uh, I just remember like actually, yeah, during the peak of this, at the end of it, I was like, man, that was one of the best months of my life. Like I, I don't think I've ever personally seen that much happen in a month like that. Like it was just mind blowing to me. And I just felt like I, I went to my cottage for a bit at my parents' cottage and I was praying and spending time with the Lord. And I felt like the Holy spirit asked me a question where he's like, Kurt, what if I told you to pivot your whole strategy right now and just change everything right now? Would you do it? Like, and I, and I, yeah. And I was like, yeah, honestly, I will. And I'm like willing to change anything, any day. Uh, I just was like, yeah, I just, I just want to be used by God and however he wants to do that. I'm happy to do that. So I feel like that's an ongoing conversation of just like surrendering, like my ideas of ministry and surrendering my expectations for things. But I don't know if that's a great, great, clear answer, but 
Yeah. I've just been feeling like that's a big theme in my year. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've been living in the book of Acts, at least in the scriptures for the last <laughs> few years. And a few things are striking me. Um, one of them is, you know, Acts begins with the people of God in prayer and the coming of the Holy Spirit, you know, that there's a real expectation that you and, and the others have of that the Holy Spirit has come, not just to bless us in the auditorium as we soak him up, but to send us to the streets where we can yep. minister the word in power. Yeah. Um, another piece that um, that really hits me is like the book of Acts, you know, the spirit falls, the gospel goes to the streets and to the temple. Yeah. And then the very next thing they do after a whole lot of people, you know, have turned and believed and been baptized, they add them to the people of God. And now in, in, in homes and sometimes collectively they're meeting all around the city. And the same thing for what you're doing. This is not just an endless, uh, you know, we, we, we lead them to Christ, we baptize them, we let them right. go. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're adding people um, to communities of disciples. We're forming new communities. Yeah. Um, and, and we're counting those who have turned to the Lord and expressed it in baptism and are walking, have begun a walk of discipleship. Yeah. Um, that's our that's our measure of of um of effectiveness. Yeah. The the other piece that that hits me is it's going back to the training of the 12. Yeah. Because that sort of was before Pentecost and the but but um, just like Jesus, you're you're going up to some people and saying, "Come on, let's follow Jesus together and let him teach us how to fish for disciples." Right. And you're teaching them in the classroom in order to go into the field. Yeah. And um, not yet at the point where, hey, well, it's probably to some degree you're even doing this too. That as Jesus sent them out on those mission yeah. trips. You know, you weren't with all those leaders in training. You, you were, you were, you're, you're on your own today. You know, yeah, yeah. So it's a mixture of um, let's do it. You know, I'll show you how to do. Let's do it together. And now, okay, you, you need you, you two, you go off and and go find someone far from God and make a disciple. I think that the next piece would be the the idea of a summer. Uh, push or mission in a sense you've taken what some people are doing with residencies that yep. are year long and you know 10 to 12 hours a week commitment and you've yep. condensed that into a, a summer slot when everybody else is saying oh no one's around everyone's on holidays let's cancel <laughs> ministry you know you're saying well you know two-thirds of people at any point are around so let's do this and and so, um, you know, it, it's a different wineskin. It's not your year-long residency, but it's going to supercharge the rest of the year, even though yeah, people absolutely. would have the same amount of time with the potential that, hey, 
um, let's build for next year, except now some of you folk are going to right. be leading the next, um, yeah. you know, school or whatever you call it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think that's it. And I mean, we can call it schools or yeah. Residencies, like we have all of our packaging and stuff, but yeah, I, I, the simple thing, I think, I mean, when you talk, I mean, anyone listening to your podcast would hear this kind of stuff all the time, but it's like, I mean, for me, it's like, we've talked about this before, but the real shift in my mind where the Lord shifted me towards multiplication and stuff was just, I was just reading the Bible and just going, okay, Jesus, like you, I want to do exactly what you did. Like, it's not good enough for me to kind of take your ministry and think that I can improve on it or whatever. I don't know. I, I just like really had this heart where I was like, I want to pour into 12 people and like, 12 people like untrained or like uneducated fishermen can change the world. And so, I mean, like behind, yeah, everything that we I've been doing and in these, we do house churches. Now we have like five house churches meeting regularly and uh, we've poured into some other uh, groups and stuff like that. But, um, but like behind it all is like, I'm like, I really just want to find 12 people that I can really like pour into on like a really deep level and like get them to this place where um, like, I mean the 12, like every single one of them, they got to this place where they're willing to lay their life down. I mean, except for Judas, but like every single one of them got to this place where they're willing to lay their life down for Jesus and, and like preach the gospel right to the end. And like no sacrifice was too big. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, how can I get, uh, that's kind of the stuff that, maybe gets me up in the morning. Sorry if I stole your last question maybe from you, but um, it's just that thought that it's like, like, well, what does it take to bring a human, like somebody to that place where they'd be willing to die for Jesus, lay down everything. And they're, they're filled with his power and they're changing the world. Like we saw in the book of Acts, like with these 12, like what has to take place in somebody's life for that to happen. And that kind of transformation, I think only happens through like time and investment and just, you know, first of all, you got to walk in it for yourself. And then second of all, you got to figure out how to transfer that to a small group of people and that'll reach the world, I think. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the Movements podcast. Don't forget, it would help us out if you could leave a review or uh, send through a recommendation on social media. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements podcast.